The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Brad Marcus, and welcome to another episode of Toilet Side Wrestling Time. Today's guest hails from the great state of New Jersey and began wrestling in 1993. He was trained by Larry Sharp and Glenn Ruth, who you may know as Headbanger Thrasher. Worked for such promotions as the WWE, ECW, Maximum Extreme Wrestling, NWA, Coastal Championship Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Fighting Evolution Wrestling, and I could go on. He's the current ARW Tag Team Champion, along with Thrasher. He's also held the CCW Tag Team Championships, the NWA Tag Team Championships, and, of course, the WWF Tag Team Championships, all with Thrasher. From 1995 to the year 2000, my guests appeared on the PWI 500 list, peaking at 104. He's also been immortalized in three wrestling video games, WWF WrestleMania 2000, WWF Warzone, WWF Attitude, and I believe those are all on the Nintendo 64. Shared the ring with obscure wrestlers like Midian, the New Age Outlaws, Hall of Famer, the Godfather, Hall of Famers, the Dudley Boys, the Hardys, Hall of Famers, Edge and Christian, Hall of Famer, JBL, Hall of Famer, Kane, Hall of Famer, McFoley, The Rock, and I could go on. So let's welcome today's guest, professional wrestling tag team legend, sometimes known as Chaz, sometimes known as Beaver Cleavage, but to most people, he's known as Headbanger Mosh. Chaz, how are you? Doing great. How about you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for coming on this evening. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. That was a great video package, minus uh-huh. minus one thing. What? The cones. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had very limited. I was nervous to go to the uh, the Peacock Network and take the videos off the WWE part, like because I right. would. I I don't think it ever would have made it to air. So, you know, I had limited stuff and not the highest quality to work with. Oh, it's all good. It's still good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. So that was All right, good. good. Before we get into the wrestling stuff, can I ask you about your professional kickball career? Sure. Are yeah. you still playing? I'm still playing, yes. Uh, and uh, the meatballs? So, well, the meatballs are retired. Okay. Um, that's So I played. That was my main team probably mm-hmm. from 07 through 2000. 
14 ish. Um, and then we kind of, um, I was always the old guy on the team and then everyone started getting married and having kids and stuff like that. And then we made one more run at a tournament in Vegas, um, oh, wow. that we, that we had never won. It was a national tournament. Um, we never won. So we made one last run at that one and we ended up winning it. Um, so at that point at, after 2016, we haven't played together, uh, since. So we kind of went out as champions. So with the meatballs, we won four national championships. Oh my God. You know, so, so up until about a week ago, I didn't even know that it was there. It was professional. You could do professional kickball. How do you go from playing kickball for fun to being on a team that wins four championships? Well, I started in a little league down here in Florida, down in Boca and mm -hmm. just playing for fun on Friday nights. And this meatball team was already kind of, formed and put together and then they were doing this one league we played for called waka uh okay. they were doing this big tournament in vegas it's their founders cup they do it every year but it was the first big time they were going to do it and they were doing it in vegas and they basically the guys on the team came to me and asked me to join the team and it was funny when they asked me i thought to myself hmm this team's really good any team I'm on, I haven't been able to beat them yet. So <laughs> I want to play with them just to learn and to get better. Sure. There's no way in hell I'm going to Vegas to play kickball. Six months later, I was in Vegas playing kickball and oh. we lost, we lost in the finals of the national championship game. Now um, is, is there uh, money go to the winners? Yes. Yeah, so some of the, all the tournaments we play in are money tournaments, the national championship game, the winner gets $10,000 oh, winning. Wow. The winning team gets ten grand. Sure. So and does other, runner up get anything? Um, some in some tournaments they do. So okay. the, the smaller tournaments they do because now there's different there's different leagues that go on. One's called the circuit. Another one's called TNS. Um, mm -hmm. There's another one. There's there's they're starting to be more of those now. So yeah. So some tournaments we've won. We've won like five thousand dollars. Other ones it's been like four grand. Other ones it's been twenty five hundred. Just depends on the size of the tournament, but. My meatball team, we basically went three and a half years without losing a game, not losing a tournament. And over that three and a half years, I think we made about probably close to $60,000. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, because again, I, three years in a row of a national championship, there was 10 grand right there. So, Oh, my God, that's amazing. It's and just so much so fun. You just have to pay for yourself to get out to Vegas and then – yeah, so we played a different tournament. So I've been to Vegas a few times. I've been to Dallas. I've been to New Orleans. I've been to D.C., New York. Wow. Um, traveled all over playing. I mean, we had sponsors. I'm like, for when, right before before Tito's was big, we had Tito's as a team sponsor. And then mm -hmm. what I would do is hold on to the money. And then when whoever was going on a tournament, whatever was left, we would take and divvy up. And it would pay, you know, for the flight or pay for the hotel. Mm -hmm. It kind of, you know, was a wash. But it was, um, it's so much fun. So, I still play, not as competitive. I don't travel as much, but mm -hmm. being being here in South Florida, we can play all year round. So, literally, last month I've been playing three nights a week. Oh God, that's and so, and, that, and that's okay at home that you can leave three nights a week. Yeah, my son's seventeen. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it's all so it's just drive, go, and they're they're more fun social stuff now. So sure. there's like a social bar. So and my son's seventeen, and he works and he plays soccer and. So it's um yeah I go everyone's got their own minutes away on. yeah I go it's twenty minutes away I play I go to the bar I have a drink I come home it's perfect okay all right two two ignorant questions about this and then we'll move on okay um so I try so I went on YouTube and I looked up kickball and the meatballs and I believe I found some some games you know because it said from Florida I was like 
But since they are played, and I, I couldn't tell who was who, you know, like I couldn't find you. It all looked the same. Does, um, is a home run in inside the park home run in kickball, or is there a fence in the outfield? So there's been one tournament I played in where we actually play on um, soccer fields most of the time. So okay. there's really no fence. So okay. it's just you kick it. If it goes over someone's head, you can run all day. You run. There okay. was a tournament we did in Nashville where we played on a baseball field and it was a full blown, like a regular, um, it was a, like a college field. So the, the outfield sure. was far, but we were playing like right on the edge of the grass where right on the outside of the infield. And okay. there was a fence um, in right field. And in that game, I did kick two balls over the fence. Oh God, that was so, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, right. don't give me, don't give me a challenge with a fence. That ball's yeah, totally. <laughs> like when I used to play tennis in high school, like in gym, I mean, it's like, why? I'm going to be swinging for a home run every single time this ball comes at me. Um, Okay, this is your last dumb question. Could you, your team now, or the meatballs, could you no hit like a team of like 10 year olds? Um, Oh, yeah, we've been, we've one or two hitted like adults. So, wow. Yeah, because the ball is, our pitcher was clocked at one time. Um, The ball coming out of his hand was leaving his hand at 70 miles an hour. So it's not just, it's not just a slow pitch. It's a, yeah. And there's a, a pitcher right now I play against where he's just, he's sick. He throws left-handed. It's got wicked spin on it. You remember playing in grade school. It was, if the ball was bouncier, it had spin on it. You're like, there's no spinning. There's no bouncing. The yeah. Ball. Yeah. Now the more bounce and spin you have, the better. That's amazing. I had, I had no idea. Um, it's okay. Awesome. So this kind of transitions into my next question is it ever difficult or was it, you know, um, in the nineties going out in public, do you get recognized a ton? Um, well, going out, um, back in the day when we were on TV every week, yeah. yes, it, was, it was, I mean, the attitude error was hot. Everyone knew about wrestling. Everybody, yeah. for, well, everybody for the most, but not everybody, but you know what I mean? We yeah. were watching it. So mm-hmm. yes, it was very, very difficult to go out. It was very difficult to go to restaurants. Um, now in not so much. Way? Sometimes it was annoying. Sometimes it was fine. It just depends on how yeah. depends on how fans or people how they react to you. For instance, if you're eating and you're in mm-hmm. the middle of putting the fork in your mouth, and they come up and they slide a piece of paper and they go, "Hey, can you sign this?" That's annoying. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of understand how some celebrities get a bad rap because they they tell someone, you know, to fuck off or leave me alone or things like that so you try to if they're respectful about it and you know they'll come up like after you're eating dinner because i've had people come up to me and say hey can i get an autograph i'm like well i'm in the middle of eating dinner with my girlfriend here can Mm -hmm. i catch you afterwards or and they're like oh yeah well never mind then you're too busy you're too big now and i'm like having fucking dinner here like yeah you wouldn't go up to anybody and ask that right like Like, let me get done dinner or something so it just depends um it, it depends on how your, your approach. Some people are very, you know, respectful and nice about it. And yeah. other people just don't care. And they think because you're on TV, they can treat you however you want. Yeah, so it just depends. It's all situational. Um, did you grow up in New Jersey? Yes. South Jersey, right outside Philly. Okay. And so did you, what was your personality like as a kid? Um, quiet, socially oh. awkward, <laughs> very really? quiet shy socially awkward i was basically brought up to be seen and unheard and if i was heard that was not good for me so i was always kind of uh quiet and uh, yeah just kind of were your parents like 
disciplinarians? Um, my dad just didn't want to be bothered. Uh, okay. So it was a, that was just a whole different thing. Sure, sure. Yeah, I was just brought up to, I was just, I was always quiet and kind of shy and kept to myself. And, you know, that's just kind of how it was. So I know you said you have a 17 year old son. Do you have any other children? No, I just have the one. Okay. Do you, yeah. do you, when you, you know, my kids, my oldest is 11, so I'm not there yet uh, to even be able to have a conversation with them of any, on any level. Or do you recognize or when, while you were raising your son being different than how you were raised? Oh yeah. It's so here's what I do. If a situation pops up where he's, pissing me off or he's acting out or this was his entire life. Mm -hmm. um, I would stop and I would think, what would my dad do? And I do the total opposite and it works out really it well. Works now, every so. time. <laughs> did, yeah. did, you, did you have siblings? Um, I have an older brother, younger sister. Okay. Were, were you guys close in age? My brother and I are super close, always mm -hmm. have been, um, still are. And my sister and I are mm, pseudo close, but there's, there's just an age gap and We've never yeah. really, we weren't really close with when we were younger, but you know, it's getting, it's there. So yeah, at, at, at this point, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like my wife's younger brother is like seven years younger and that's like, it's a pretty significant dif you know, difference. Yeah. Um, you know, she's going away to college. He's, you know, 10 years old or something. You know, right. so, um, so when did wrestling come onto your radar? Um, well, I always watched it growing up. Okay. Um, that was kind of my escape. I would watch it. My brother and I, my best friend, we would take the speed line over from Jersey over to Philly, go over to the Spectrum, and we'd watch over there. Oh, wow. um, once How a month, we went over. Back, I have no idea. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we're talking mid 80s, so I don't yeah, really yeah. remember. Um, yeah, so I was a fan watching it growing up. And it was funny in high school because then I get a group of friends in high school. There'd be like a whole group of us. They would come over and some of them thought I was nuts. And but they just went just because it was cool to go over on the speed line. And, you know, we were all hanging out and being kids. Yeah. yeah, uh, sure. But yeah. But I always used to joke around saying, hey, I'm, one day I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And they're all like, yeah, OK, OK, OK. Um, but yeah, then I ended it's up like, making it. So. One day I'm going to be an astronaut. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure you are. <laughs> would, would people that you went to high school with um, or that you grew up with be surprised now that you're that you were a pro wrestler? I don't think so. No. Okay. I mean, like some of them were like that. that you were. Yeah. I mean, I used to say it all the time. I think a lot of them were like, I mean, I'm guessing I don't really, other than Facebook now, like it's not mm -hmm. like I kept in touch with a lot of people from high school. Sure. Um, but you know, I'm, I keep in touch now through Facebook mm -hmm. with, with some, but yeah, I think some of them probably at first were like, Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I don't know. D did you I guess I never you, paid attention that much. Were you athletic in high school? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I played, Sports. I played baseball. I wrestled from third grade through high school and a little bit of college. Um, I played soccer. I played. Mm -hmm. I ran cross country. So I was always doing some kind of sport or hurt from some kind of sport or something. <laughs> Did your would your parents come to like your meets and games and stuff? Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, now, do you, can do you, can you pinpoint like the moment you're like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a trainer now. Um. No, because what happened was, is there was a school, uh, there was a, this called Route 30 Flea Mart in Clementon, New Jersey. And okay. I would drive by and every now and then there would be this big giant uh, truck out front and spray painted on the side said, Pro Wrestling Saturday night, 8 p.m. And one night I was like, I have nothing to do. 
So yeah. Saturday night, let me go check it out. So I went in and I watched and it turned out that that was the school. That was the monster factory. And oh. they, they, they trained there. That's where, you know, they had the matches and I had no idea. And then I ended up kind of lingering after the show. And this guy who was their heavyweight champ at the time, yeah. he was the spider. And uh, him and I started talking here. It turns out it's Glenn, my wrestler, uh -huh. my partner. Um, sure. He trained me. So he said to me, because we knew of each other from high school, because our high schools wrestled each other. So we oh, kind okay. of knew of, we didn't know each other, but we kind of knew each other. Mm -hmm. So we, we ended up sitting there chatting and talking and after the show and he was like, oh, you should come try out. And I'm like, yeah, at this point I was still kind of dabbling with um, wrestling in college. Okay. And I was like 170 pounds soaking wet. And he was like, no, I was like, well, let me go and put weight on. I got to put weight on. I'm too small. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, best time to learn how to wrestle is that put weight on as you go. It's the best way to learn. Because oh. if all of a sudden you put all this weight on, you're, it's not going to be your body's not going to be as, as nimble. You're not going to be able to jump around as much. Yeah. Um, so he said, if you learn as you put weight on, it'll be better. So it made sense. So I went sure. home and thought about it. And the next week I went down to the school and I called up, I went down and did a tryout. And it turns out that there was like 30 kids there and 30, like 12 year olds. Oh. I was like, what was going on here? Larry Sharp's stepdaughter, her school was doing a field trip to the monster factory. Oh, so wow. it was like myself. Oh, and, no. It was myself and six other people. We all did a tryout in front of the school. So now, were, you, were you like when you were driving over there, were you nervous? No, I don't think I was nervous till I got there because I didn't know what to expect when I got there. So there was nothing to be nervous about. But and once I got there and I was in the ring, that changed, especially in front of kids and then in front of Glenn, in front of other people, because what I found out was, Larry, well, Glenn told me Larry doesn't take everyone okay. to the school. Um, and I, at first I thought, yeah, okay, he's taking everybody because he wants the money. Yeah. But there were six of us at that tryout. He only offered two of us a spot. And the reason for that is he didn't want to have someone in there who he didn't think had the, the capability to make it or the ability to make it and then have them going around saying, oh, I went to the Monster Factory, but then being the drizzling shits. Yeah. So he didn't, he didn't take everyone. So were you aware of that, like, why he wasn't taking everyone at the time? Um, no, because Glenn no. told me he didn't take everyone. But again, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. There were six of us there. And when it was all done, he only offered to us um, two spots to two of us. And so at, at this point, so you're friends um, with Glenn. Do you, do you feel like pressure to get up to – actually, have you had you ever been inside of a wrestling ring before that no. first day? Never. So no. what kind of, so what do they put you through to, you know, to see you know, that Larry was looking for? So they show you how to take basic bumps. Okay. So the first one was um, cross your arms, tuck your chin. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what Glenn said to me. He goes, push your dick up to the air and just fall backwards. Now it sounds easy enough, but if you uh -huh. really think about it, it's an unnatural thing to just fall backwards without putting your arms down yeah. or putting your arms down this way. And so the idea is to keep your arms up here. So you mm -hmm. don't bump, you tuck your chin. So you don't knock yourself out, keep your elbows up. So you don't get big knots on your elbows. Mm -hmm. um, so you had to, to figure that out. Okay. And there was another one where you had to do a hand, walk out to a handstand and then the same thing, flip over and land flat on your back. Okay. The third one was um, kind of like you ever see someone take a hip toss. So mm -hmm. you take a couple of steps out, jump and you do a front flip and land flat on your back. And then he showed me how to hit the ropes. So you had okay. to hit the ropes. 
So those were the four things. And those were the four things that I did every single day when I first started at the school before I even learned how to lock up. That's what mm -hmm. I would do for hours. And at this point, like, are you, are you feeling pressure to get up to, to uh, Glenn's level? No, not at all. Because at this, not point, at, all. at this point, again, Glenn and I knew we weren't friends before okay. I, we went okay, to the school. So again, we knew kind of knew of each other, but didn't really know each other. Um, so, so where I was was, yeah, so we knew of each other, but we weren't friends. So when I okay. went to the school, there was no, there was zero pressure other than just pressure on myself to mm -hmm. try and figure this out and see where it goes and see what happens. Um, but three weeks into my training, mm -hmm. WWF with WWE, um, they, you know, they used to come to, in the Northeast. They always came around that area to tape WWE superstars and mm -hmm. WWE challenge. So Glenn said to me, Hey, WWF's coming into town to do TV tapings and we're going to go. And I went, Whoa, I'm like been here three weeks. I don't barely know how to bump other than getting the WWF ring. Yeah. And his response was, it's your first time there. They're not going to use you. They'll see you. You'll hang out. You'll get paid. That's all it is. So I'm like, jackpot, I'm in. Uh -huh. So uh, we go up to Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and I'm sitting there with everyone, and I'm in the locker room, and I'm like, holy shit moments because, you know, there's, there's Shawn Michaels, there's Bret Hart. You know, there's Macho Man, who is my all-time favorite. Yeah. There's this one. There's that one. Wow. And uh, they roll out the big white board. Tony Gurria rolls out the big white board mm -hmm. and have all the matches listed. And I see Adam Bomb versus Chaz Ware. They shortened my name from Warrington to Ware <laughs> um, for TV purposes. And I went, uh -huh. I looked at Glenn, and I'm like, uh, thought they weren't going to use me. He goes, well, I guess you got your first match tonight, wow. don't you? <laughs> so, hun, so you'd only been... You'd only been training for you said a couple weeks at this. Three point? weeks, three weeks. So are you panicking it. once you see your oh, name up there? Shitting myself. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Beyond nervous, and then okay. you know Adam Bombs got Johnny Polo with him, and the good part is is Glenn knows everybody, mm -hmm. and everybody knows Glenn because he had been doing it for three years, going up there and just doing jobs, and then uh -huh. you know Scotty Raven, Johnny Polo, you know he went to the Monster Factory, so there was a common okay. commonality there for me to talk to him about. It. Mm -hmm. So. No, so I'm waiting to go out and I'm pacing back and forth and I hear this raspy voice coming up and it's Macho Man and he stops and he looks at me and he shakes my hand and he goes, first time here, kid? And I'm like, yes, sir. And he goes, nervous? And I go, yes, sir. And he goes, ah, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's not as bad as everyone thinks. He goes, you know what? I have nothing going on. I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to watch. And I went, no, you don't have to do that. Like, you don't, you're a busy man. You should go. Yeah, yeah. At, this, at this point, he was doing commentary all the time. Uh -huh. And uh, he's like, no, no, no. He goes, I'll watch. So I went out there and the back of my head now, I know he's back there watching and I'm like, uh -huh. oh shit. Yeah. So I get in there and I do my thing with Adam Baum. He throws me to the floor. He clotheslines me on the floor. I get the wind knocked out of me and uh, I get back. I get do the match and I walk to the back and Macho Man was standing right there. Oh, Put his arm God. around me put his arm around me and he goes, kid, that was amazing. One day you're going to make some money in this business. He slapped me in the head and walked off. You know, even if you never wrestled again, that is like an amazing life story that you had. Yeah. And, it, and at that moment is when I said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to wow. wrestle. I want to get to this level to be able to, 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 to get here. I mean, because once you get out in front of those people, 
And mm -hmm. you're walking out. Everyone knows you're losing. Everyone knows you're yeah. starting to get beat up. They're booing you. You're telling you you suck. And instead of being nervous about it, I was like, this is awesome. Like, these people are booing me. I don't even yeah, know. Totally. They don't even know me, but this is amazing. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, you could be you could be anybody. Did um so at, at this point, had you and Thrasher talked about tag teaming no. at all? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. So when you oh this question I always forget. Do you have a day job up to this point? I did, yes. Okay. I was okay. working I was working at Sam's Club. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then when did you could you wrestle for a living once you got to WWF? Um, no. So what happened was is so I started there in June of 93. Okay. Um, my first match was the first week of July. And then I was still working. And then literally before I had my first, what I would consider my first like real match, uh -huh. I had done six TV matches with WWF before I had like my first real match. Okay. Um, so then in September, um, I ended up leaving Sam's. I ended up, I got, I got let go from Sam's for a mm -hmm. time card discrepancy, ah. which just meant I was, I was there for four years. I was making a lot of money and they wanted to get rid of me. So got whatever. It, got it. Um, it yeah. So I collected unemployment from that point on. And then, and then just Glenn and I started doing, you know, I was doing some shows and then Glenn and I didn't start tagging together until that November. Okay. And then in April of 94, we packed up the car and moved to Memphis for USWA. Okay. Okay. And, and going together, like to wrestle singles or going to wrestle? No, together? that's when, because we started tagging together in, I think I'm going to say November okay. of 93. So we did like November, January, February, March. And then we did a show. Um, and Glenn, because he had been around for a while, like he knew Cornette, he already knew Lawler. Mm -hmm. um, so Lawler, you know, was on a show with us and was like, Hey, I want to bring you guys into USWA. I want to bring you down to Memphis. So we packed up the car like the first week in April, mm -hmm. um, I think it was, and yeah, and moved to Memphis. How old were you at the time? Nine, April of 94, 20, not even 23. I would have been 23 okay, in May. So, so young to, yeah. to be traveling halfway across the country. Um, so you spent time in Memphis, and does WWF, did you get on their radar at that point? Um, well, we were kind of on the radar anyway only because After, yeah because of as doing jobs and stuff like that um yeah but we didn't get full-time until i mean we didn't get our first like signed contract until 96. oh wow okay and yeah. had so you guys came in as you guys wrestled as the spiders and the flying nuns first so we were the spiders uh -huh. um so we did the spiders in uswa and then we went home when we were done there. And then we went back out to Arkansas with Burt Prentice oh, okay. um, for a little over a year in Ozark Mountain Wrestling. And then from there, we went to Smoky Mountain. And that's where the headbangers came from. Okay. That's, were you into, like, growing up, were you into, you know, metal music? Yes. So what happened was this is, excuse me, Tracy Smothers, um, the Rock and Roll Express, they were coming into Arkansas and doing shows with us every week. Um, so they were talking to Cornette about us, and then we started giving them tapes. They started taking the tapes back. Cornette called us up, and he said, hey, he said, um, I'd like to bring you guys in, but the problem is I don't like the masks. He goes, I hate mask wrestlers. I think they're stupid. <laughs> he goes, but you guys are good workers. I'd like to bring you in. He goes, 
you know, how do you feel about not wearing the masks? At this point, we were like, we don't really care. We want mm -hmm. to come there because, first of all, it was more money than we were making with Bert. Mm -hmm. But we knew that was kind of the gateway into WWF also. Got it. So Cornette said, um, that is part of the story is going to be funny because Cornette said, well, he goes, you know, I was at this Glenn Danzig concert. He goes, and this opening act was this really weird guy named Marilyn Manson. He goes, and he was dressed like a girl. He was like cross-dressing. He had makeup on. He goes, but he goes, it was like heavy metal music. And there was like, they were stage diving. They were in mosh pits. They were beating the shit out of each other. They were spitting on each other. They had tattoos. They had earrings. He goes, not that I want you guys to go way out and get a bunch of tattoos and a bunch of piercings or mm -hmm. wear dresses or anything. He said, I just think with your personalities, being from the Northeast, he goes, because I was up in New York when I saw it. I just think this could be, you know, something for you guys. It's a way to get you guys in the door. Yeah, so sure. We were like, and at this point, I knew what he was talking about because I used to go to heavy metal concerts with my friends uh -huh. all the time over in the bank and the underground over in Philly. So I knew exactly what he was talking about. Sure. So, so we were like, yeah, we'll try it. Let's do it. And are and, you uh, like, do they, can you go pick out your own gear? Like how you guys are going to, what your so looks going to be? What we did was the first TV we showed up, we didn't really know kind of what to wear. Mm -hmm. So we just went and we got um, t-shirts. We had shorts on. I think I had work boots on and Glenn had sneakers on. Uh, but when we showed up, Cornette gave Glenn a Metallica shirt and he gave me a Slayer shirt. So okay. said, Here, wear these. So mm -hmm. we were like, perfect. So that's what we wore for the first TV. And then we went out and bought like different shirts and stuff like that. And that's, uh, that's how it started. And uh, incorporating like paint. So that was his idea. He said they put, put stuff on his face. So we were trying to figure out in the locker room. Again, we didn't even know what our names were. He goes, you guys are going to be headbangers, but he individual names. We didn't know what they were at the first TV taping. Okay. Kind of just made up some stuff. Uh -huh. So he came up and he goes, no, this is how I want you to do it. And he grabbed black face paint. And he just went like this, on both our cheeks. And he goes, there, that's what I want you to do. <laughs> go. And we went, okay, so that's what we're going to do. All right. Well, so that's it, easy enough is for, for, for a paint job. That's yeah. pretty simple. Not so, very severe. Um, yeah. So we took it from there and tried different things and just evolved it into what it ended up being and then what it is today. So it was just evolution over time. Okay, so then come 1996, you guys get a contract with WWE. Yes. Does, or WWE. Does it work like where each of you has your own separate contract? No. So actually oh, okay. how, we, how we were brought in um, was actually thanks to Cornette again. Okay. So they were doing TV in Hartford, Connecticut. And Smoky Mountain had shut down. So Glenn and I were just doing some indie things here and there. Mm -hmm. um, Glenn actually had went over to Japan for a couple of weeks and did an angle to bring me back. So we were getting ready to go over there when Cornette called us and he said, Hey, I got some great news. He said, I was in talking to Vince and I said, Hey Vince, I got these two guys I'd like you to look at. And Vince goes, all right, so tell me about them. He goes, well, you've seen them before. He goes, they've been up here before as the spiders, they've wrestled individual individually just as themselves. Um, he goes, but they had this, I had this headbanger gimmick that I gave him down at Smoky Mountain and they're just really good workers. And I just want you to look at them. And he goes, I know, he goes, I know who the spiders are. He goes, I know those guys. He goes, just put them under a part-time contract. So at the time they created this part-time contract and what the part-time contract was, that's when they brought in, uh, Freddie Joe Floyd, um, Aldo Montoya, mm -hmm. um, uh, who the hell 
who were the plumber that you know they brought in all these weird yeah, yeah. they brought in all those weird characters uh -huh. and the idea was to build these characters up to a certain level so it looked like they would give them a few wins on tv and then when they would wrestle you know like sean or razor mm -hmm. or somebody like that they make it more competitive matches instead of just squash matches all the time sure so oh, okay so uh that's what vince said vince said give him the part-time contract he goes and then you know we'll, we'll see where it goes from there so we started with a part-time contract which was mm -hmm. awesome um so we were guaranteed x amount of dollars at every tv travel was paid for hotel oh, everything wow. everything was paid for so we were like this is amazing because we were going to be at every single monday night raw so it was guaranteed you know money every month and it was great and that's how we got our foot in the door now, in your head at the time, are you thinking I've made it? Um, maybe, yeah, I guess. Like, you don't have finally, to like, have a day job or anything? Like, this is your... Yeah, I mean, I hadn't had a day job other than working, like, part-time at a car wash every now uh -huh. and then if, um, you know, if we weren't didn't have any bookings. Because at that point, I mean, we were lucky if we were making 50 or 60 bucks a night on a show because while we were gaining traction... Um, you know, there's no internet like there is now. Yeah, sure. So there was no way to really get your name out there other than just scoop sheets. And you always had to do something to try to get on scoop sheets and send send tapes out. Um, so, yeah, so I'm thinking we probably thought we made it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we got a contract. We were there. But we knew from there it was up to us to get that full time deal. And are, are, you, are you guys traveling together exclusively or is there anyone else that you're traveling with? Well, every shows? now and I mean, we always drew, and we grew up, we lived 10 minutes from each other. Yeah, right? yeah. We grew up 15 minutes, so it was easy for us to travel together. We were always together. So mm -hmm. when we got there, it was the same thing. Like, they would even book us separate hotel rooms, and we were like, that's stupid. Save the money. Just put us in the sure. same hotel rooms, because we were just so used to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we were always together. Sometimes somebody would jump in with us. Like, one, one night, Owen Hart uh, came over to us, and he's like, Guys, um, I forgot to get a rental car, and all the rental cars were sold out. Can you guys give me a ride? We're like, fuck yeah, your own heart. Like, yeah, you know, totally. Here's the front seat. Like, you do whatever you want. And then we pull in. And he's like, yeah, I don't have a hotel either. Can I sleep on your floor? I'm like, well, you're not sleeping on the floor, but yes, you can have one of the beds. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. Did um, was was there anyone in the uh, in the locker room that was unapproachable? No. Or that intimidated you? Well, me being a shy, quiet kind of yeah, yeah, introvert. Everyone, I was intimidated by everyone because I was socially awkward. Uh -huh. uh, but but everyone was welcoming. I mean, it was a, the the locker room there was just it was awesome because everyone it? was there for a purpose. Everyone wanted it. That's when W. That's right when um, Kevin and Scott left and went to WCW, and the whole Monday Night Wars thing really started. So our whole goal and mission was to beat WCW. So it was a totally, it was a whole family atmosphere. I mean, the Undertaker, like the Undertaker's the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. And he's changing in the locker room with the rest of us. Sean, they're all changing. Brett, that, you know, there was no, we get a special locker room or any of that stuff. Everyone was in the same locker room and everything. Was it ever surreal, like, say, talking to the Undertaker, knowing that you're talking to the Undertaker? Um, you know, when you first got there. Oh, yeah. No, it was mind-blowing. I mean, I can tell you this, like Smoky Mountain, when we're wrestling the Rock and Roll Express, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I remember in 10th grade, I was at Disney in President's, the, um, the President's Hall, whatever it is, at Disney, yeah. and I met Ricky Morton in 10th grade, and I got a picture with him. 
Um, so like wrestling guys like that. And then the, you know, you're at WrestleMania 13 and I'm putting face paint on an animal from the road warriors comes up next to me and he's doing all his stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. And he was like, fuck off. Cause he's, that's just, <laughs> right. he knew he was going to be there for an hour. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So it was, it was those guys that I watched growing up was just, you know, like they, then you're in there and you're hanging out with Jake Roberts and all these other, I mean, it was very surreal um, with, with the guys that, you know, the guys that I watched growing up. Um, so you were saying about the, like the Monday night wars. So you, that was present on everyone's mind during that period of time. Oh yeah. So everyone on Monday night, like you went out there and busted your ass and mm -hmm. did what you had to do. And then everyone, because that's when WCW would replay nitro. Uh -huh. Um, so everyone stayed up all night watching it. And then we'd come in the next day TV and everybody would talk about it. And like, are people talking about ratings at this point? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You okay. knew what your you knew what your you knew what your rating was on your segment. Wow. Um, okay, so you you know you guys wrestle as a headbangers. I only have one question about winning the champion the WWF Tag Team Championships because I'm sure you've been asked a zillion times. How long between winning the belt and getting yourself in front of a mirror looking at what it looks like on you? Was that one of the first things you do? Um, without making myself look like a moron. Yeah, no, you're yeah. talking to me. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm saying because it was the, the actual story of how we found out we're winning the belts is great too. Again, it, everything goes back to Cornette. So, yeah, okay. so we're in the Louisville garden and we were thrown into that match um, only because Stone Cold broke his neck. We weren't even supposed to be in that match. It's oh, right. Okay. So we found out the raw before that we were taking their spot in the match. Okay. So we get to TV and we get to the pay-per-view and we're just excited because we're on another pay-per-view mm -hmm. and Cornette goes, boys, come with me. So we're like, all right. So he takes us all the way down into the parking garage mm -hmm. in Louisville Gardens and like to the other side of the building away from the entrance. And he goes, all right, I got something I got to tell you. So we're like down here, like what's going on? He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you guys are winning the belts. And we kind of just went, cool. We just kind of <laughs> stood there and he goes, I brought you down here so you could jump up and down so you don't do it in front of everyone else. So all yeah, three of us yeah. were jumping up and down <laughs> downstairs in the Louisville Garden. Um, had you anticipated this? I had no idea. No, I had no clue. I was just like, this is going to be great. We're on another pay-per-view. Like, to uh -huh. me, that's all it was. To be on another pay-per-view was amazing. Yeah. And then, um, then we're sitting in the meeting knowing this now. So all four teams are there. And mm -hmm. it was Jack Lanza, who was our agent. Uh -huh. He's gone through everything. And now I'm just like this because I'm trying to hide the smile. Yeah. And yeah. so we get done talking about the match and they're like, okay, so we got to figure out something with the Godwins, with you guys pinning one of them or no, it was with Owen. So we went through, I'm thinking of the ground zero. Mm -hmm. um, so he's like, we got to get through that. Blah, blah, blah. I was, no, I was thinking of WrestleMania. So we're like, we got to get through it. Yada, yada. So we got done all of it. And mm -hmm. with Stone Cold coming down, hitting the stunner and the whole thing. And I'm just sitting there like this. And it was classic because Owen was the one who turned around and went, you guys can smile now. It's okay. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's yes. And we all started laughing. And because it was funny when I told you Owen drove with us, uh -huh. he was tag team champion and European champion at the time. So he got, he got up in the morning, he got uh -huh. up in the morning and he went in the shower, but before he did, he took everything out of his bag and he took his belts and laid them down right next to one another on a dresser. 
Okay. So he's in the shower, and Glenn and I walk over, and we're staring at the belts like this. And then we're like, cool. So pick up the tag belt, and we're like jumping up and down on the bed with it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So then the shower turns off. We go, and we put the belt down, and we're just sitting there like this. Like, we're cool. And Owen comes out. He's drying himself off. He turns around. He goes, you touched my belt, didn't you? And we're like, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so Owen knew how we were. So Yeah, um, yeah. Like, he could see that there was a glow there. Yeah, so um, there's no my, – my emotions are written on my forehead, so there was no hiding anything. Could you – do you do you know of one match that you could say this is the best match I've ever been in? Or is it too difficult to um, – Yeah, that's difficult. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, there's plenty of matches where I know we had so much fun. Mm -hmm. um, like those country whipping matches with the Godwins were a blast. Yeah, um, yeah. They hurt like hell because we legit beat the shit out of each other with those um, with those straps. But like I had so many fun matches with with Billy and Road Dog. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of hard to say what my best match was, but I mean, clearly my favorite matches ever were Ground Zero won the belts and WrestleMania 13, which was our first WrestleMania. So was that like surreal too when you walked out? Were you yeah, was there any I mean, part of you that was a kid that was like, oh my god, I'm at Wrestle? I'm, every part of me I'm was a man. kid. Um, that whole weekend I was a kid. I mean, it's WrestleMania. You know, I used to go over. To the Garden State racetrack and, and watch it over there via uh -huh. closed circuit TV, how they used to do it. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, but then you know we win. We're winning the first our first WrestleMania. We win, and then we get a title shot the next night against Davy Boy and Owen. Um, yeah, the whole thing was just crazy and surreal. Do it. Does your son ever? Was he ever interested in your oh. watch? No. <laughs> he he's come to plenty of shows. They're doing indie shows. Okay. Um, but there's been times I've looked over in the middle of my match and he's sound asleep on a table. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm just Is that, that disappointing or is it like, is that what normally happens with like children of no. professional wrestlers? Yeah, no, it's not at all. Because like, if you ever watch Brett's documentary, there's one mm -hmm. point where he tells Blade to go find the headbangers and go play. So- Oh yeah, that's right. So to him, Brett's just dad. To me, that's Bret Hart. Mm -hmm. um, but to Brett's kids, he's just dad. So to Tyler, I'm just dad. I'm nobody. Yeah. His, his friends will be like, so that's your dad's really a professional wrestler. And then like, they'll go and they'll Google me or, the, you know, they look it up. Yeah. And then the next week they're staring at me and, and Ty's like, he's my dad. Like he's, he's a, he's annoying. Doofus. Yeah, he was like, the guy who's yelling at me last <laughs> night. Right. You know, like, um, is, is there ever, was there a point where like being on the road is just like takes a toll on you? Yeah, there were times it would get to you. I mean, especially back back then, it was mm -hmm. totally different because we would go 10, 12, 13 days in a row before we were home. Um, there was there was one tour we went to England. We flew all the way to England for one night only, did the one mm -hmm. match, flew back, and then had 10 straight days on the road after that. Um, so wow. it, it was exhausting. It got to you, but, you know, it was part of it. And for me... I was single. I wasn't married. I had no kids. I had no responsibility. So uh -huh. it, to me, it was no big deal. Sure. And um, was, did you did did you guys um, ever have any problems between the two of you? Like, it's sick of each other. Oh yeah. Uh, oh really? Oh, absolutely. Can you laugh about that now? Oh, we talk about it all the time. Oh, uh, would would you consider him to be your work wife? Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh. he's so we've outlasted um, marriages. So, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, he's um, he's my work wife. We're best friends. I mean, we literally to this day now we grew up 
we first started and we lived 10, 15 minutes away from each other. We live 10 minutes away from each other now. That's amazing. So our kids all get along and his second daughter, his oldest daughter just had a baby. His second daughter is my goddaughter. His two oh, youngest wow. daughters um, are good friends with Tyler. Tyler's good friends with with his all with all of his kids. So yeah, so it's one big family. That's nice that you can you have this career that you can actually share with somebody. You know, like who was there with you and knows exactly what you're talking about. When you're- yeah, and it, it made it easier because probably neither one of us would have left. I, I couldn't imagine of packing up the car and driving to Memphis and doing that on my own. Sure. I, yeah, I, I couldn't have imagined it. And Glenn always said the same thing. He's like, I, that's not something I would have done on my own. Um, when you had like a character change, is that stressful? Like so when you're talking you, about when you Peter to, Cleavage? Yeah. And then Chaz, like, is it like stressful on you? Like, no, this was working so well. Well, yes and no. The, mm-hmm. the, the yes was because it took me totally outside my comfort zone and yeah. I never really wrestled singles. Um, mm-hmm. I, like, like I said, I had three, I had three regular matches like down at the monster factory and one outside the match. So basically maybe four or five, like what I would consider real matches, not mm-hmm. job matches on TV um, as a singles wrestler, everything else had been tag team. Or mm-hmm. if I was doing a singles wrestler, um, when Glenn and I were tagging together, like he was at ringside. So we were always kind of at ringside together. So yes, it was a little stressful only because it was taking me way outside my comfort zone and I didn't know what to expect. Um, but the other side of it, it was exciting because this was a totally different character. I knew where they were going with the character. It was yeah, gonna, yeah. It was going to be fun and silly. Uh-huh. And, but I was excited at the same time because I'm like, this is going to be something new, something different. Glenn's hurt. This could mm-hmm. give me, you know, time to shine on my own. And then from there, who knows where it could go. Yeah. But then when they killed the gimmick off and then they just brought me in, you know, you're just going to be Chaz, a kid from New Jersey. Uh-huh. Um, the girl, I wasn't, she was nice, but we just didn't get along uh-huh. that well. Our personalities clash. And instead of me just embracing it and mm-hmm. saying, look, this is a work situation. I was kind of negative about it. And then that brought in change kind of changed the whole the whole thing yeah so i didn't i didn't look at it looking back anyone who had a, a a female with them they were getting a big push they were on tv all the week because that's just what they were doing yeah, yeah i didn't look at it that way i'm looked at it and i'm like oh being strapped with this pain in the ass so why um, would they give you somebody who you could work with and put out like a really good product from that because i guess they we're paying her. I guess they put her. Yeah, under, yeah, I guess that's they, true. they put her under a contract. And mm-hmm. I think if it would have, if the Beaver cleavage thing would have just kept going, mm-hmm. it would have been fine. But when I, when they said, just go out and be yourself. First of all, I didn't know who myself was. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Chaz had no personality. Chaz never existed. It was always mosh. Yeah. They said, don't go out and be mosh. Okay. So here's this Beaver thing. Go out and act like a big kid where you're in love with your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were like, okay, go be Chaz. And I went, who's Chaz. Now she had never been around. So they told her to go be herself. So it was like, well, who are you? I don't even know who I am, but who are you? And we were kind of, and then personalities kind you know, got got in the way of each other Mm -hmm. and it just didn't work. Um, So that was the point of bringing Glenn back. But again, looking back, I should have just embraced it and figured it out with her. And then when Glenn came back, it could have been a whole Hardy boys, like Lita thing because they were bringing in, that's what they were doing. But mm-hmm. at the time, I wasn't paying attention to that. Um, 
I'm going to let you go soon. I, just uh, two more questions. Are you able to step outside of yourself and look back at your career and be like, like, wow, I did a, look what I did. Yeah. I, I look at that. I go this way. I look at it every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah totally. There's my action figures. There's my belt. Um, yeah. It amazes me. I still, I still look at it and get amazed. It's still surreal. Um, I still look back and go, wow. Like that was, that was really me. Like that was, doing that like that's just crazy at the height of everything do, did you ever play your with like when the video games would come out like i know i was talking about this in the intro that there's three that you're you're on did you guys play those at all like when they would oh come absolutely out? glenn and i used to joke around on, on when we did radio interviews uh -huh. and they were like so do you guys the video games were like yeah it's the best thing ever because we can play with ourselves all day and we never, <laughs> yeah, get, we never get we never get sticky or messy <laughs> <laughs> that up for you, like, you teed that up too easy but yeah no i yeah that was the whole reason why like i had to go buy a nintendo 64 yeah, yeah. for wrestlemania 2000 so yes. and, the, and the funniest not funny but the those games in that period were like known as the best wrestling games like even still to to this day um do you watch wrestling like the, what's on tv nowadays mm, not really if, if i flip through and i see somebody i know that's on uh -huh. or someone that i like um I'll, I'll keep it on and i'll watch them but for the most part mm, no i couldn't tell you any storylines um i couldn't really tell you anything like that like i'll flip i'll flip wwe on if it's someone i know okay i'll watch mm -hmm. it or um the other day I flipped it on. Oh, I flipped it on and Cena came out. So mm -hmm. so I watched I watched his the yeah. promo and I turned it off. Like AEW, I'll watch. It depends it depends on who's on. Mm -hmm. um, like if Red Velvet comes on, I've known Red since basically since she started. So um, you know, I'll watch her. I'm good friends with her. Like if Matt's on or you mm -hmm. know, Jeff's on, people like that, I'll watch. It just depends. But for the most part, it's not like I sit there and, and know again, the stories. I I, yeah, I couldn't tell you any storylines. Okay. Um, is, was, is it because of just not interested in it now or just there's just not time? No, there's time. I'm just, I'm not interested. I guess I kind of find, kind of find it boring. I don't mm -hmm. like the, some of the matches now, first of all, the, and this is n nothing against anyone sure. that's there. Absolutely. Like there's no, my opinion, there's mm -hmm. no real character development. For the most part, it, they everyone's kind of cookie cut. Like when we were there, you had the Godwins who wore, you know, their overalls. You had mm -hmm. us. You had guys doing different stuff, different things. The outfits are all, for the most part, pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. Everyone, in my opinion, wants to come out and almost be like either Sean or Hunter or Stone Cold. So there's no Undertaker characters. There's no characters, in my opinion, to get invested in like there was before. Um, AEW, I don't like the style of the, the, the matches, like the, the, the young bucks, they're great. I mean, mm -hmm. they're great. They're making a lot of money. They're very athletic. You know, they're, they're revolutionizing the business with what they've done with AEW and everything. Mm -hmm. I just don't like the style of matches. I don't like the boom, 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 going a hundred miles an hour and then switching moves and feeding off each other that I, I don't like the style of it. So it's hard for me to watch. Okay. That makes sense. Chance, I'm gonna let you go in a minute. Can I ask you five non-wrestling related yes or no questions? Sure. Okay. 
And generally, I clear these with my wife to make sure they're appropriate, but I didn't have a chance. <laughs> she left for work early. Look, inap today. Inappropriate questions were welcome. It's okay. Have you ever seen a 90-year-old man swim uh, nude? No. Okay. Can you or have you ever put out a cigarette in your hand? No. Okay. For $1.2 million, would you wear face your face paint the rest of your life, not just in the ring? Sure. You're doing great so far. Um, have you ever been thrown out of a window? Not thrown, but I've jumped out of a window. Can you, does knowing how to take a bump help in that regard at all? Like, could you well, get thrown out is, of the first floor was, window and land, right? Yes. But when I jumped out of a, the window, I was a kid and I was using a trash bag as a parachute and it didn't work so well and I broke my wrist. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was one time I was in the shower and I slipped and fell and I tucked it my chin. I tucked my chin so I didn't knock myself out. So, yes. oh wow, knowing how to take a bump is very useful. It's helped you in, in like real life. Yes. All right. Last question: Does your son now or ever point when you're raising him think? Did he ever think that you worked for him? Like my son will yell milk, and that's I'm supposed to like get up oh, and go get him milk. He he still does. I mean, he plays okay. travel. He plays travel soccer, and he's being recruited for college now. So we're going wow. on these different camps and tours and stuff like that. And no, he absolutely positively takes it for granted of like, dad, I'm out of ground turkey. When are you making me more ground turkey? Or I'm out of wheat pasta. When are you making me more pasta? And I'm like, uh, the pot's right there. The water's right there. You can boil <laughs> water. You can put a little bit of salt in it. You can dump it in. You can time it for eight minutes. Okay, good. It's comforting to hear that because I both my kids think that like I'm an employee in this house. Um, oh, yeah. So it's, it's comforting on my end to hear that. Um, Chess, thank you so much for coming on and giving me some time. I, I This was a real treat for me, and uh, I really appreciate uh, your time. Awesome. No problem. Thank you. I had a good time. I appreciate it. And what's awesome. With the, what's with the toilet side? Okay, let me tell you that. Because people always ask me this. The, only, the reason it's called toilet side, I'm not sitting on a toilet. and like That I'm, would make it better if you were. Bathroom well, I know. People then like would ask me like, "Are you like wearing?" I'm fully, I'm fully clothed. Um, it's just that I, the only place I can record in my house is in the bathroom because it's the only place to get privacy. So there's a toilet right over there, but that's the only thing that. See, that would be amazing if you were sitting on the toilet. I know. Well, I, I my wife's got to get a higher paying job and <laughs> give me some more space. <laughs> I'll blow out one of these sinks. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much and stay healthy and stay safe. And uh, again, really appreciate you coming on. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have good All mash right. pitting. All right. Take care, bud. All Bye. Right. Bye.